0: It is Monday on Daily Delivery. Michael Rand here. Patrick Royce here with me as well. Oh, but glad to have you guys all with us on a Monday as well, Patrick. Um, twins can't hit. That's the that's oh, the uh, that's wow. the bottom line right now. They they got shut out on uh, on Sunday against the Rangers. Not good pitchers that the Rangers were necessarily throwing at him. They only got like four hits in that game, and you know homestand has been okay so far four and two thanks to the sweep of the royals and they got one more crack at texas today but then after that patrick things get a little tougher for about two three weeks and if they don't hit against texas i don't like their chances against you know the the slightly better teams they're going to be facing like the astros and the yankees (laughs) and you know even cleveland and chicago and they've got boston and san francisco in there too and those are not great teams, but their next six opponents are somewhere between okay and great, and that's not
1: wow. good for them. No, and the Astros might be the best, the Astros might be the second best team in the baseball compared to the Dodgers, and I've uh, been by way better than the Yankees lately, that's for sure. So, yeah, it's not good. And I saw uh, Jim Suan wrote about this this morning, and we we're all talking about it yesterday in the press box. Uh, at the bottom of the batting order just, I mean, yeah. this just. Is- this is not a big league lineup. And uh, with Korea being mediocre and uh, other other issues, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, uh, somebody, this was a week ago, somebody, and I haven't went and looked it up, but back then there were 45% three runs or less. And now it's, that number, it's, it's got to be pushing 50% of the games. They don't score more than three runs. And, uh, yeah. It's uh yeah, you know, I mean, down at the bottom of the order is there's not much down there in their playing. and when Buxton doesn't play, they're now stuck playing poor old Jake Cave again. And you know, Sandy Leone was fun for a couple of days, but yes. he's a, he's an 85 hitter and and they gotta catch him quite a bit because uh Sanchez is such a butcher, You know get, get has gotten worse as the season has progressed as a catcher. And uh yeah, they got uh uh they they went and i wouldn't say they fixed their pet pitching but they uh, certainly improved it and we were all uh, we were all happy about that but the lineup has gone in the tank and and the fact that max kepler stakes doesn't help and uh that's for sure i mean the guy is uh, close to unusable he came up uh, last yesterday at uh rbi situation and uh we were saying uh, which uh, which infielder on the right side is he going to hit this ground ball? <laughs> yeah, he, he pulled that one to the first baseman. But uh, the other day, uh, when he came back from the for the homestand, and he was 0 for, 29, right? 0 yeah. for twenty nine, right? Yeah, uh, he hit those two balls to left field for base hits. Uh, the first game and you you could tell what somebody had been working with him and say, Hey, you know, it's out there. And he hasn't got a hit out there since, you know, that was, that was like the first game back and the rest of the week he didn't get a hit to left field. So yeah, he's, uh, he's certainly a disappointment. I had somebody you know, somebody said overrated, uh one of the most overrated twins ever. And I wouldn't say that he was ever rated that highly. There was certainly uh uh night two thousand nineteen you you felt like he was gonna be a really good player, but yeah. uh it has not happened. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know. I don't know if he likes baseball. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I don't know if he's all in. I, he just doesn't, he's such a laconic guy that it's, it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, maybe in his heart, he wants to be a soccer player. I don't know what his problem is, but, uh, this is, you know, one thing they're fortunate about with this, bad lineup is Celestino. What if mm-hmm. they were playing Celestino all this time and he was an automatic out? He's not great, but he's a competitive outfielder. He's a he's, he's competitive, uh, you know, is, is a very he's a very good outfielder and he's a competitive player, but he's supposed to be your backup to Buxton. Yes. And, and it, you shouldn't have to be playing all these other guys too. Now, they lost Kirloff and Larnick. And one of those guys, they wouldn't both be in a lineup all the time. They're both the same player, basically, uh, left-handed hitting outfielders. And Kirilov can play first, but you got to rise over there now. But uh, you know, the, they they've had some injuries, but not not a terrible burden of not right now. They don't have that bad injury situation, and they just aren't very damn good. That's the problem. And uh, you're right. What are you gonna? Who are you gonna hit? How are you going to hit now? I mean, the Yankees just won a game. They've lost ten out of their last twenty. I got news for you: uh, by the time the Twins go out there to play them again, they'll have it figured out. They're I would think gonna, so. Yeah, I'm, this would have been the uh, the month in which to play the Yankees because this is not going to, you know, that's not going to continue to be the situation with that team. So. I don't know. I don't think uh, I don't think the chances of them winning the division are very good.
0: No, very especially enough. with Mally, you know, he's going to miss a couple starts here and when he comes back,
1: they might be treating why do him they with... lie, By the way, Mally why do they lie to us? Why do they say, "Yeah, it doesn't look like he's going to have to go on the injured list." Yes, you're, yes you're you you're going to put him on the injured list Everyone, knew. Every the 12 the 9-year-old kids who were at the game that day know that he's Gilman on the injured list why do you give us this BS why don't you just do it because you know you're putting him on the you know that he's going to same thing happened to him in Cincinnati he, yep. he, with his shoulder when he lost his fastball they shut him down for two and a half weeks and uh, yep. he's going to shut down for two weeks here and then hopefully he'll be able to get to the finish line but uh, yeah that's uh, it, it is funny though you can lose him and that isn't your biggest concern right now no I know <laughs> 30s you can't hit so yeah you know what they didn't uh they're not they're not really drawn either mike what no
0: what they have like 24 yesterday got
1: yeah, 24 yesterday 22 on saturday night
0: nice days too I, as far as i remember
1: the you know, vikings were in town i know but that i don't think that's the same audience and uh yeah they're not you know, people aren't really into this team like they you know they might have thought. The the momentum they thought they were gaining this summer with the fans doesn't seem to have been realized. I, it's been a frustrating team, but I think it might beat baseball's situation in general. Yeah, I, I, this was a this was a mediocre baseball market for a lot of years now. Certainly not when they first came here, but uh, you know that it's it's okay if the Twins are really good, people are coming to watch the games. But uh, we're we're not, we don't foam at the mouth over baseball in this town. That's for sure.
0: MGM Wine & Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there is an MGM near you. Head to mgmwineandspirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine & Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50
1: years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM.
0: Buxton didn't play Sunday and he's been playing quite a bit lately, but and so he wasn't the problem yesterday, but looked up his stats. Cause I saw, I think it was Saturday's game. They flashed his numbers with runners in the scoring position. I could not believe it. And so I looked it up on baseball reference and it is true. He is nine for 62 huh? this year with runners in scoring position, including, including one for 20 with two outs and runners in scoring position
1: wow yeah he has decided to hit home runs and, yes uh, and not become the uh, great all around what's his battery average? 230 it's 220
0: i think 222
1: two twenty-four, something like that yeah yeah the fact you know next time somebody says he's having a, uh, a great year they gotta look at themselves and the other thing is uh it's nice to have him playing but when he dhs uh, that you know, often knocks Urshell or somebody out of the lineup. And, uh, you know, he's not the DH, but uh, they move, right. you know, they move people around. Miranda or Rise or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's got to, somebody's got to, uh, somebody's got to be out of the lineup. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's a very good, uh, that sounds like a Rand ball uh, essay to me. But- it might be. I mean, I just,
0: <laughs> it's just cause I remember him having, I feel like I remember him having some big hits this year, but when I looked it up, I was like, that is like one for 20 with two outs and runners in scrimmage. It's like, it just made me think of how much, how much right now they are leaning on Jose Miranda to do anything with, right. I mean, he, he came through again Saturday. They couldn't, couldn't take you know, Couldn't take the gifts that Texas was trying to give him Saturday, but you know, it seems like Miranda is the only guy that's really doing much lately with, with runners on base.
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, Jorge is what hitting two thirty-two or something like two thirty-five. What's he at last time I looked? I got yeah. He can't
0: it. hit left. He can't hit left-handed, right or right-handed. Which one is it? I think it's right-handed.
1: Seven. Yeah. Well, rise, arise, and, and now Miranda. They kind of inflate that team batting average to two fifty, which sounds respectable in modern baseball. But yeah, they're just you know if they it when they go to play Cleveland. Let's say, and when you compare them with Cleveland, you say, okay, well, they have a better lineup than Cleveland, but now they don't, no. <laughs> they don't. And Cleveland's got way better pitching. So yeah. as far as starting pitching is concerned, plus they got class A at the end, who's, you know, unhittable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, the White Sox obviously got a way better lineup, if, but they've been underachieving all year, but Yeah. That that Buxton stat is alarming to say the least, and uh, I don't know. You think that uh, you think the new hitting coach here is going to be one and done?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. Just, I was thinking the other day about how you know, 2019 was such an outlier in so many ways, and there's home runs hit across the board. The ball, there's something with the ball that year, obviously, but they but, did lose. They, t- <laughs> what's it?
1: They had to make contact to hit those home runs. You, know? you
0: did, and and you know Rousen left after this year, left after that year, right? That was that was the yeah. end of. And he he was he went to what the Marlins after that, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know how much they. You never know how much cause and effect there is, but you know Rousen, obviously they had a huge success with him. You know, Wes Johnson leaving in the middle of this year. You still, you know, these things happen, and then you still talk about the players, the players, the players, and you do wonder how much. You know, coaching, instruction, strategy matters sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, they went all in on this, uh, the new uh, novel approaches to hitting uh, one of these young guys that die you know the giants had that phenomenal season last year with all this with this collection of brainiac hitting coaches you know that had all these theories and stuff and now they stink this year so uh you know some somehow they had a miraculous year out there and then that became the thing to do to get these young nobodies or these, you know, these young nobodies who are scientists of the hitting. Uh, and that's who this Popkins guy is. He's one of those guys. And, uh you know, right now it's cer- certainly not working. No. But there's just no way you get to the finish line when you, you know, this is the best stretch of pitching they're ever going to have. Right? Yeah. The, three, the last three weeks, the pitching has been great.
0: Oh, yeah. The, and, yeah.
1: And, uh you know, they still aren't or anything because they can't hit now so it's just a flawed just a flawed team that's uh, that's the bottom line
0: you talked about pitching the bullpen had been pretty good and then uh, they got roughed up a little bit yesterday uh, it was fine if you want to try to sneak Emilio Pagan into a low leverage game but again <laughs> two innings six hits three runs I have a, I, have a, I had a notion I, I, I tried out on Twitter yesterday Um a Lot of companies are asking people to return to work, at least kind of in like a hybrid mode. Come back to the come back to the office. I think I saw Apple wants people back three days a week. A lot of other downtown businesses kind of saying stuff like that. Maybe though if the maybe the twins should ask Emilio Pagan to work remote um, <laughs> and not come in to the ballpark at all and just kind of, you know, work work, work from home because this is not working, Patrick. the bullpen's been better. I think they did, you know. Lopez has had a couple outings where you're like, yeah, he got kind of bailed out by the defense, things like that. But but by and large, the moves they made at the, the deadline helped, helped a lot, helped out a lot, but Pagan is still a problem. It's it's just not good.
1: Yeah. It's just not, the, I mean, it's, it's not working here. He might, you know, he's got a live arm. He might go someplace and get some outs and then people would, you know, I, I don't ever. If a guy sticks here and then they let him go and he gets better, you can question why that happened. But I never questioned that the fact that they made the move, you know, right. that, uh, you know, the guy's, you know, not helping you, not going to help you. And it's obvious this this guy is not going to, this is, he hasn't been as good as Alex Colomay was last year for goodness Ooh, sake. Uh, that's a, that's a bad statement to say, but yeah. He, it's time to just uh, uh, move on. And I think they got a f- with Valley on the DL, uh, they have to uh, bring in a starting pitcher for uh, next week in Houston. Right. I would think so. Unless
0: they're going to use smelter.
1: I don't think that's happening. No. So, uh, uh, so I don't know. They're going to have to bring somebody over from uh, the saints. That might be the end of Pagan.
0: Huh? Yeah, that could be, that could be. Um
1: I think the public would favor it. Yeah. So. I
0: don't think so. I think maybe people have seen enough.
1: Well, I I can probably say I was ripping him way ahead of the curve. You so.
0: were, you were ahead of the curve because he was. He got. You know, the- it-
1: he got Tingler fired in San Diego last year. And then Tingler's the bench coach and they bring him in. What the hell?
0: Well, they were, he was getting outs early in the year, right? He was escaping all those jams. And we were talking about it, this, the inevitability of this, you know, cause the ERA was fine through the first couple months. It was like around two, but he was having those like 34 pitch, load the bases, get the guy in the three, two pitch on the corner yes. innings. And that was not sustainable. And it has proved to not be sustainable. Hey, Better news, Patrick. Over the weekend, they had the uh, Twins Hall of Fame get Gardy back, Dan Gladden, and Cesar Tovar, um, guy that you had been crusading to get in for quite some time, based on what you had seen from him back in the late '60s. More mostly was when he was kind of in his prime with the Twins. So
1: seven-year run from uh, yeah. '66 to '72 when he was uh, probably the best. For the you got to look at what the era was as far yes. as as how they how they looked at leadoff hitters back then. and yeah, mm-hmm. you know, get hit with a pitch, steal second, score a run, uh, and that that type of stuff. And it wasn't like draw a lot of walks or anything. That was not the deal. They wanted a guy up there who could run, and if it, and then when he got the first base, he could steal second and uh, yep. you know get in scoring position type of guy, and. Uh, I he became a crusade for me when some of the people, you know, as I said to this this, this somebody yesterday, when they first start putting in Hall of Famers, you don't know what the standard's going to be, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Oliva Kilabrew and Carew. Okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty uh, good that's, standard. There's the
0: obvious one, great, yeah,
1: right. pretty good standard, and then blah. But as things progress, guys start getting in that we're not nearly as good as caesar tovar that's what i started saying you know first of all i was it took 12 years to get camilo pasquale which was, was really stu- led the american league in strikeouts three times and uh, you know was the first ace in town here and yeah. was was a no-brainer but uh you know that that when that took 12 years, and then once Tomar, once Pasquale got in, I said, Oh, the guys they're putting in now, they got to get Tobar in there. So I, I kind of started uh, telling them I was gonna rip up my ballot and mail it in an envelope <laughs> if they didn't, if we didn't get these people to start voting for Tobar. Yeah, now, nah, uh, but uh, you know, he's made it and he deserves it, and he was a really great leadoff hitter, and uh. And, uh, amazing character weighed 145 pounds, basically. So, wow. Career. And, uh, little, just a little guy, but he did some home runs and, you know, look up that, uh, 1967 season. It's unbelievable. They played 164 games that year in the great race, you know, so he yeah. had to play right down to the last inning, you know, to make it. He didn't, they got beaten Boston twice that weekend and didn't make the world series, but, uh. Uh, and he played all over the diamond. That's back then, you know, the the all the the play in every position at 68 wasn't really that big a gimmick with him,
0: yeah.
1: He could could do it once he pitched. And well, obviously, not a catcher, but uh, he uh, you know, he when you look at him, he was done in the big leagues and I think the late 70s. He played in Venezuela until like 1990, is (laughs) that right? Forty-five wow. or so, and he was forty-eight or something. Still playing the winter ball in Venezuela, but uh, yeah, his uh, interesting family life. He uh, he had the family down in uh, Venezuela, and, and he had the he had the kind of the family here. His his daughter Nancy Jones, uh, uh, Nancy Jones now uh, is, uh, and her grandson PJ is going to be a Big uh, baseball recruit uh, for college. He's okay. uh, going to be a junior at uh, Creighton, PJ Jones, and the left-handed hitter, kind of a, a thick kid, not real tall, but uh, I posted a video his mom sent me of him. They had the, the perfect game, all-American game for underclassmen in San Diego. We okay. two oh, and they're I've got the video and they're uh they're talking about him. He's at the plate, and the guys doing the announcing are kind of real inside ball drafty guys. Yeah. And they're talking about me He hits it off the scoreboard out in the right center at 820 in the morning in San Diego. Oh and wow. They, they the ball isn't even carrying yet out here. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, but yeah, he was uh um, he was uh, Caesar was a, a very good twin and certainly deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. And he goes in with another leadoff hitter, Gladden. So uh, Dan Gladden and, uh, went in uh, yesterday, and we we're all uh, we're all thrilled for him. Uh, a few groans at his speech at the end. Uh, <laughs> but, what did uh, we
0: expect? But give, but give him a it's microphone; it's going to happen.
1: It's bad He asked me afterwards. He had a little pressy thing for him and, uh, up there in the press box, and he. I said twenty-three minutes, Gladdy. You didn't beat Morneau. He went longer, according to the reports. Morneau went longer and certainly was more boring than yours. He said, Do you think I went too long? And I said, eh, I could have gone for five minutes less, but yeah, I said yeah, it was it was it was good. But he was excited and thrilled and had quite the weekend. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, they had a nice turnout of uh, former players, but uh, did you listen to Gladden's uh, speech?
0: I heard oh. some of it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought he was turning in. Somebody said he turned it into a roast of Randy Bush. <laughs> 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 Randy Bush was maybe my favorite all-time twins as a guy. Uh, you knew he would get some chuckles out of it. He was there, but he was how, – how his stats – And Bush's stats were very close on day games after night games.
0: Because it (laughs) it still
1: sticks in his craw that uh, the legend became. Kelly said he couldn't play day games after night games. I don't think Kelly ever flat out said that. He just didn't like playing him day games after night games. He thought he was a bit nocturnal, I guess. I don't know (laughs) know what it was. But uh, anyway, yeah, Tobar. It's good to see him in. His daughter was really happy. His uh, son, Cesar Junior, uh, from Venezuela, has lived in St. Louis for years, and the, the family got to, the, to know each other. and uh, And uh, so that was. They had a small delegation, but they're happy, so that's good.
0: Well, and he was like the original utility player. We talked about this before oh, we started recording. I mean, he played all over the field in the you know first few years, especially, and it wasn't the gimmick. He you know like you said, he he played the the nine positions that one year, but you know, it was, it was in the, in the one game, but uh, he was, you know, all over the field, infield, outfield kind of, you know, kind of like a, they use a rise a little bit now, or like they'd used,
1: um, uh, who am I thinking
0: of Marwin Gonzalez before that, you know, it's kind of, you know,
1: that center field was, a, was a position. that Yes. He could play. You know, yes. He, in fact, one year he played a lot of, a lot of center field. Once Jimmy Hall started declining and then they traded him. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, he could, he could, he was, he was adept at, uh, at the outfield, all the outfield positions. And he was good enough in the infield. You know, he was good enough. Cott always tells the story about the first game he plays Cott's pitching and, uh, then they put Hobar in pitch run and then he ends up at third base. And, uh, the last out the guy pops it up to third and Cott's getting ready to walk off the diamond and, Tovar dropped the ball, dropped the pop fly, and they tied the game. And then he and then and then he got a base hit to win the game the next inning. So uh, mm. Tovar did. So uh, it was an eventful first game. But if, if you look at sixty five, he was only there for the first month, and then later right. in the season, because uh, that's the one that's the stat I always give people. In uh, that was still the era when they let you have twenty eight players through the end of April. Okay uh based on the pitchers need to you know you needed more pitchers right okay. that that april calvin had 19 position players and nine pitchers <laughs> who needed more than nine pitchers
0: oh man game? Rocco would be he, uh, that's
1: position players he had like five pitch runners and they needed them, you know Rocco a... would
0: have the opposite He'd have nine position oh. players and 19 pitchers
1: oh yeah he would he would so but it, as it turns out, uh, as we've been talking about here, hitting as – he never thought hitting could make a big enough surge of ineptitude to beat out pitching as the number one concern. No. But right now, who do you like? Yeah. Arise.
0: Arise. Who
1: do you, who do you like? I mean, you don't like Korea. He's not hit.
0: He's okay. I mean, I
1: – Bucky, you just gave me the
0: horrifying stat. Yeah. Miranda. Yeah.
1: You know, you got a chance with you like Miranda. All That's it.
0: That's about it. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. You're at the bottom of the order. has been just when we get enough injuries and you don't have depth. That's you know, and Jeffers was a sneaky loss because as you know, as mediocre as he could be at the plate, he was he's better than Sanchez overall. And he's I don't know if he's gonna be back this year because what when he went out in mid July, they were saying two months maybe with that broken thumb.
1: Well now, I, I think somebody Doe or somebody reported that it's probably not going to be back. Yeah. So, a lot of a
0: lot of people out. Um, yeah,
1: he had, a, he, had a, he had a couple of weeks too. I that he wasn't completely inept like He right. had had a couple of weeks when he was a threat, and if he hit his batting, he you know, a run. But uh, I don't think you can blame most of this on injuries. Really, I mean, you, you're missing. I think Kirloff would really help. But yeah, I don't wonder about his future and. Uh, and Larnick, yeah, okay. He's an, he's an okay player, but he's. Having
0: both of those guys out hurts. If you
1: had one of them yeah, healthy, you would be stupid. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, but it's not, you can't blame this mess uh, hitting wise now on, on injuries. It's just yeah. they don't have a deep lineup and they got guys not performing.
0: Any more wrongs to write in the uh, Twins Hall of Fame before we move on to a little bit of Vikings talk, maybe some loons at the end here? Yeah.
1: Now I'm prejudiced on this one, but, uh, when you look at the uh, litany of relief pitchers that have been allowed in, uh, I mean, Eddie Gargato, God love him every day. Eddie, I would never, uh, comp- campaign against him, but, uh, Al Worthington, who's now in his 90s and was a, a star of the World Series teams and, and through the 60s, this is it was back in the different era when they weren't closers, they were stoppers, and they might come in in the sixth inning and get 13 outs, you know, and then not, you know, not pitch for a, a, the next day. But uh, he was uh, a, certainly uh, one of their four or five best relief pitchers they've ever had. And uh, I, I would put him at Eddie as far as uh, as as his importance to a team back then again because you had nine pitchers or ten, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh but uh the problem there is he's married to my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so I, well, I can't quite campaign for him as body he right? pitch for my dad with the folded giants in nineteen fifty. Is that right? Oh, wow and met my cousin Shirley down there in Fulda who was the best looking girl in Fulda and he, uh, he I don't think they even dated but they he she caught his eye let's say and he came back and they romanced her and they ended up getting married I think now oh, 71 years ago wow so, and he lives down in Birmingham and uh you know he worked for Jerry he's a he's he's a He's a hardcore Baptist, and he worked. He worked for Jerry Falwell for a while as the AD at Liberty and that stuff. So, oh wow! Okay. But he's uh, he's a, you know he he's certainly uh, you know he was one of the top fifty twins, and uh, but the number one guy missing for God only knows why Halsey Hall. No, oh, sure. Halsey Hall is not in the Hall of Fame. That's unbelievable. They got a room name for
0: him. His over name there. is in it.
1: Yes, his name is. On- it could be the Halsey Hall Hall of Fame, but he's not. I, I don't know how that happened. And you know, as I tried to tell St. Pete about three years ago, you need an old timers committee, and it can be me. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you without prejudice who is still missing. And uh, I would, you know, and number one would be Halsey. What? The okay. Heck? doing and i don't think that doesn't go to the voting in general i think that comes from committee right the, i
0: think so probably
1: you know the announcer type the the john gordons and the jim Rance. you know who else is missing it should be at rick stalmazy okay stelly 32 years coached here you know i mean that's the longest run of anybody with any team and uh
0: usually for both world series and for most of the good 2000 run right
1: Yep, the late great Snelly would be uh he's another guy missing. But player wise, we're you know, it's getting it's getting a little thin here. Now we're gonna be hitting the Maurer uh, the Maurer group here pretty quick. Yeah. So goes on the ballot next year, right? So Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be in next year. So then but yeah, not really uh not, not what it was a couple of years ago, once Pascal and Tovar got in here, real, real oversights from the early years uh, were pretty well taken care of.
0: Patrick, a couple more things. I uh, found myself last night, is like 10.30, um, sitting there, disappointed with <sighs> Kellen Mond and um, Sean Mannion and how that, game for the Vikings had gone Saturday and again, not not a lot of the starters playing in that game, but I just found myself Googling quarterback depth charts just to see like who might come available. That might be better than well, might be, would be better than one of those guys as your number two. Um, That's how bad it is right now. Those guys are, I don't, I mean, Again, Cousins has been so durable, it maybe doesn't matter, but you're playing with fire if you ever need someone for two or three games and you don't want your whole season to go up in flames because I don't see how Mond or Manning can help you win a game.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I did the same, uh, not as extensively perhaps as you did, but the guy I fell upon was Matt Barkley in Buffalo. Uh, He's behind uh, Josh Allen and Case Keenum. Right. And, uh, the other night he played the other night with Buffalo and it was seven out of eight, eight out of nine. I don't know what that means, but, uh, you know, he would be a guy that, uh, you know, if, if cousins, you know, gets COVID again and can't play against the Packers, I, he would be a guy that would give you a chance, I think. And, uh. You know, and he won't cost you much because I was reading something before training camp anyway that they may, he might just get cut because they might just put some, you know, have have the two guys and then have some young guy on the on the practice squad and save the money. So that was the one I thought of, and you gave me a name that I hadn't thought of, but would also be interesting: Mason Rudolph. at uh,
0: Yeah, Pittsburgh's kind of got a bit of a log jam because they got they signed Trubisky and then they took a uh, picket number in the first round. And then they've got Rudolph who started some games for them. So I can't imagine they can't keep all three of those guys. Cause someone's going to get, you know, upset along the way. There's all, all three of those guys are accomplished enough that you're, or, you know, drafted high enough that you're not going to keep all three of them. So I feel like Rudolph is probably the odd person out. Cause you didn't sign Trubisky to cut him. And yeah. he's got more experience and you're not, you know, obviously pick it. If you're taking a guy in the first round, he's probably good enough to at least be your backup right well, away. He's played, he's played pretty well.
1: Well, where did he get drafted? He was top, whatever. Was, yeah, he was a quarterback drafted. Or?
0: He was up pretty high. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where he got picked, but yeah, Pittsburgh was not good last year. So he must've been, you know, top 10 or 12 at least. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, hold down, player and all that stuff so he's he's the future there supposedly
0: he he was 20th 20th overall sorry 20th overall
1: okay he's not a great quarterback draft but nice but uh yeah rudolph big strong kid good athlete uh yeah he'd be certainly an upgrade the guy who knows what the hell he's doing he played for uh uh you know there's there's probably others too, but uh, that's a, that's one of those two guys. And you know, if you have to give up a sixth rounder, that's okay. What's you know?
0: Uh, Spiel, Spiel is not running the draft anymore. You can get rid of those
1: sixth rounders. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, I don't know. Mon just uh, he's kind of got a good sinker ball going, right? right. <laughs> yeah, keeps the ball
0: keeps the ball down. That's good. They not give up a lot of home runs.
1: I mean, you know, Mike. It is amazing though. Uh, you know, one of the greatest transitions in the NFL in the last 25 years uh, is how you expect a quarterback to play in year by year two. You yeah, know? you got to remember, even Culpepper, 11th overall, they didn't want to play him. No, the second year, right? They, they didn't play him at all the first year.
0: No, not at all the first year.
1: They didn't want to play him the second year. They tried to get Marino.
0: And That's right.
1: A couple other guys. and Then they said Then they were stuck with him and it turned out he was ready to play and had, had a good year. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, uh, you know, it was just completely different. Aaron Rodgers is probably the last quarterback who ever had proper uh, development right cuz he yeah. didn't played for 3 years he had played for 3 years right and uh and you know, and that was common back then i mean Tarkington only played because from 61 when he first came in because the guy they got the they gave up a number 1 draft choice for George Shaw was terrible even though and uh so they put Fran in and the and then he, i think he's even that even that way he only started like 11 of the 14 games or something so they back then you you just quarterbacks were drafted with the idea they weren't going to play for unless until at least year three and what they are facing now compared to back then as far as defensive exotic defenses uh, and speed of these guys yeah we had he had 11 guys out there playing defense and seven of them were slow moving the white guys, you know, <laughs> playing against it. With, that never changed what they were doing defensively. Right. And still they didn't play. And we expect this bond kid who they drafted as an athlete, right? They drafted him because he was a really good athlete. They yeah. thought, it. well, that's going to take a while. You know? yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know what talent he has, but we're ripping him like he's got no chance and he he's about where he probably should be right yeah. trying to learn what the hell's going on out there and uh but we're in, the other thing is the clock starts running on these guys that's the thing by the time the year three's over you got to decide whether you're going to commit to them all right right so well
0: and that's the thing that changed everything i think it was the salary cap all of a sudden these guys don't just become players they become assets and if you can get a guy to play right away in the first year or the second year then you've got him under the you know team control and whenever that changed i think it was around like 2010 or something when they just went with all the salary slots instead of negotiating with these guys then it becomes kind of pressure to play them right away because you've, you've invested in them and you only have them for you know they're going to get expensive in year five and then, yeah. then, uh, yeah. then it's not worth it as much anymore.
1: Trey uh, Lance kid from Marshall, Minnesota played very little at North Dakota state. Right. And yeah. Now, now you expect him to be your, your quarterback. And if he's not because, because of the assets they gave up for him. And if he's not like close to perfect people are going to be ripping him. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's a completely different, uh, uh breed a cat here and uh it, it would have been expected that they would have a reliable veteran you know for a hundred years it was uh you know okay we need two quarterbacks and uh and now it's uh, we can't afford two quarterbacks so uh right so yep your Cousins, you can't afford some expensive guy but barkley or rudolph we solved the problem go get one of them
0: go get one of them uh,
1: yeah, I hope Met's, I hope uh, Doffo is uh, listening. We don't know if he is or not because he's hiding ever since his <laughs> blunder. You won't talk, not talk to anybody
0: no, he's, he's not
1: outing because he made fun of, I guess. So, uh, it's part of the job, buddy.
0: It is, Patrick. Mm-hmm. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention at the end of the show because my friend John Marthaler. Has been getting on me for not talking loons. He said you, the loons had a big match coming up Saturday last week. You talked about Kirk Cousins swearing twice last week. You did not mention them a single time. So they did win on Saturday. They beat Austin. Austin's a good team. Loons fourth in the West and two games in hand on the third place team. They're uh, they're playing a lot better lately. Adrian Heath, um, ever since he got his contract extension, these he seems like their people are liking him a little bit more.
1: How many uh, goals they have yet this time?
0: They had two, two, two to one. I believe was two, the final.
1: Huh? It was good considering their first fourteen games, they had fifteen goals.
0: So yes, they did. Yes, scoring
1: goals lately, so that's that's good. And uh, uh, God love them, people still over there drinking those thirteen dollars beers. So what the hell? Let's uh, have a have a good time, sing your songs, and uh, you know, it's uh, the, the future is bright, I guess. When does, does the season end early though? Right? Cause yes,
0: Cup. season ends early because of the World Cup. Um, so they'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get on with the show here pretty soon because I feel like.
1: We don't have to shut down for another two weeks because of an international
0: period. I don't there. think so. I think sure. we're uh, I think we're in the home stretch of the regular season now. All right.
1: Brand ball appearing at the State Fair at all?
0: Yes. Um, be be there Thursday, Friday, and then me, you, and Chip are going to be out there uh, a week from Tuesday. Right.
1: Is uh, that, that is that official? I, I don't know so. if it's
0: official yet. It's uh, it's a uh, it's likely a likely appearance for the three of us out there a week from Tuesday.
1: All right. Well. <laughs> God love it. I uh, you know I, I don't wanna I don't wanna be candid about my view of going to the fair. So I <laughs> go ahead, have a good time. All I right yeah. I'm
0: supposed to talk to Bill Guerin out there on Thursday and then uh someone with the wolves on Friday, I believe. All right. Well have All right. thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. We'll see you. Yep. You.